This anointed teaching by Apostle David Muluzi is brought to you by God's Tabernacle Christian Family Church. We hope you have an encounter with God as you listen to this message. Ladies and gentlemen, let us put our hands together. Even as we welcome on stage Bishop Francis Sapo. Lift your right hands with me. Just begin to thank God. Can they give me more volume here somewhere? Just lift your hands and say something good to God. Can I have more volume? Just, yes, that's, I like the first one. Yes. Just bless his name. Give him the praise. Say something good to God. Bless his name, bless his name, bless his name. Give him all the praise. Yes, I like that. Just begin to bless the name of the Lord. We give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. We give you praise. Come on, say something to God. Bless his name. Father, we give you the glory. 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 Malibroso, ikatari andana makasoba, bali katiri anderebe. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Come on, somebody bless his name. We give you the praise, we give you the praise, we give you the praise, we give you the praise. Let's thank God for giving us 26 years. It's not every church that grows to 26 years. If God's grace and favor has been with us that we can see 26 years, it's a good time to lift up our voice and bless his name and thank him. For 26 successful years, it was not easy, but he has made it possible for us. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a taste of glory divine, heir of salvation. Patches of God, born of His goodness, was This is my story. This is my story. Come on, God's tabernacle. This is our story. Praising my Savior. Raising my Savior, 
all the day long. This is our story. This is our story. This is our song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is our story. This is our story. This is our song. Come on, God's tabernacle. This is our story. Praise my Savior all day, day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praise Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to say thank you. We want to say we bless you. We want to say asante sana. We want to say merci Father, we join our hearts with Apostle and Mama Louisa, and we say thank you for 26 years. It's not every church that grows to see one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. If your grace and your mercies has found us, that today on the same faithful day, 26 years ago, you birthed us, and we are still standing and growing with more favor and more grace. We have every cause to lift up our voice and, and to shout and to say, thank you, Jesus. Do I have a witness in the house to shout and say, thank you, Jesus? I said, do I have a witness to shout and say, thank you, Jesus? We are grateful. We are grateful. Through it all, your grace has been with us. It wasn't easy, but you made us go through. We want to thank you for the pastors, the workers, um, everybody who has been part of this journey and still part of this journey. I stand here as a prophet of God and I prophesy goodness and mercies of every contributor of this ministry in the name of Jesus. Bless everybody, oh God. Every contribution that has come out of them, bless them in good measure. Press down, shaking together. Father, I honor you for the life of apostle and mama that they have stood with you thank you that the grace that was with them will be double for the next 26 the next 50 years in the name of jesus bless them bless their children bless the works of their hand bless all the ministers that have stood with them up to now, we say thank you, Lord. Father, tonight I want to say thank you for the grace to be here. I know you ordained that a day like this I'll fly to Polokwani and be part of this fellowship. I bless you for the honor. Tonight, use me 
speak through me to your children humble me O god and let your people see only jesus cover me with the blood of jesus make preaching teaching and ministry very easy when all is done we'll be careful to give you the glory in jesus name and let everybody shout and say amen, amen. oh come on let everybody shout and say amen hold the hands of your neighbor and say neighbor you look very good today but i have a surprise for you i'm looking far better than you are doing god bless you be seated and well i'm glad to be here i want to thank god for this great opportunity this is my second time in Polokwane. The first time I came with Bishop Dak to have the Crusades about two, three years ago. And this is my third time in South Africa. The first time I came with Bishop Jakes um, at Ray Macaulay's church. Uh, that was the first time T.D. Jakes came to South Africa. I was part of the delegation to fly with him from London to your beautiful country. South Africa is a very beautiful country. Oh, put your hands together for yourself. I didn't know the country I was coming in because we've heard a lot about South Africa. But when I came, I said, wow, what a country. And we proud, we Africans are proud of South Africa. Put your hands together for yourself. And this is my third time, and um, I know that will not be my last time. So I'll try to be a very good boy in the pulpit, so that I'll be invited again. If you want me to be invited again, if even I'm not saying anything, say amen. amen. Yeah, you say amen. So that pastor will know that, yeah, he's preaching good, and invite me again. <laughs> Hallelujah. I also want to salute uh, apostle and the wife for such a great honor. I think I've been with them. We were in, yes, we're in Israel. He's such a very humble man, very intelligent, but very humble. So when he asked me to come, I said, I would love to see your beautiful church. I said, I'll fly myself to be part of what God is doing. Let's put our hands together for them. Both of us serve on the board of healing jesus campaign amen i also want to celebrate apostle vincent all the way from pretoria put your hands together for him we meet year to year on the board healing jesus board god bless you sir i have all my apostles here so today i'll behave very well amen let's also appreciate apostle haruna Wow. Yesterday he preached a very powerful message. Amen. Hallelujah. And I can continue from there. Amen. The faithfulness pays. Can I get an amen? amen. And when you are faithful in your service, as David said, I have been young and now I'm old. I've seen everything, but there's one thing that I've never seen. I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his children begging for bread. 
faithful members of this church continue to be faithful. Continue to support the man of God. And one thing I know is that God will never pass you without blessing you. Hallelujah. I'm a student of faithfulness to my pastor. I serve my pastors so well. Very loyal. And one thing that I always say is that pastors can't bless you more than what God himself can do. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So don't look for your pastor to sometimes your pastor might not even see. Yeah. We, we bless or we honor or appreciate those we see. Yeah. But there are people behind the scenes that we don't see. Yeah. That is why God is the number one blesser. Look at your name and say God will bless you. Yeah. And when God lifts you, he lifts you far above what anybody can do. So keep on serving. Push your neighbor and say, keep on serving in this church. Amen. So Apostle Haruna, that was a powerful message. Hallelujah. Well, when I was given the invitation um, as a Baptist, uh, as a Baptist, we always want to know what should I talk about. Yeah. So I asked the office, what is your theme? Yeah. And they sent me a theme and they gave me um, Ephesians chapter 1. Are you aware of that? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> now, sometimes we go through convention and we don't even know our theme. Yeah. I hope you know it. So I sent a message and I said, okay, um, I have these books. I've written a couple of books. I have this, I have that, I have that. Uh, should I talk about any of them? And the person who sent me their reply said, keep to the theme. <laughs> I said, I will stay on the theme. Then he said, your books, you can talk about them during the morning sessions. And, and I believe that... Uh, I'll use some of them during the morning session. And I realized that a couple of the books, the two books that I brought, can I have them? They all fit into somehow the theme. There's another one. Um, there's another one. Yeah, yeah, bring that one, the, the white one. Yeah, just one. Okay, bring, bring all the books on the ground. Bring them. Give this to to Apostle and the wife, and give this to to Apostle Haruna, a speaker. The other ones I want to share it. Who want one? The table. Where is the table? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's right. This one. This one of the books that. Uh, I'll talk about it during uh, one of my sessions. Deliver us from the evil one. This, the Holy Spirit woke me up. The way this lady has lifted the hand, I have to give it to her. Mama. The Holy Spirit woke me one night and said, Son, I'm going to show you the evils the devil brings against the church. Not evils in the world, but things that he purposed to do to Christians. 
and I pick it from the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. One of the lines that Jesus said is that, when you are praying, ask me to deliver you from the evil one. Wow. Yeah. Ask me to deliver you from the evil one. And in our translation, I'll talk about it. The Hebrew was wrongly interpreted. And the Lord's Prayer said, deliver us from evil. But it's not evil. It's from the evil one. Because in the Hebrew, there's a definite article. I studied two years in Greek and two years in Hebrew at Bible school. So you'll be given some uh, portion of scripture in Hebrew. And they say, interpret it. That was the most horrible classes we ever had. Because the Hebrew and the Greek in the Bible are not spoken languages now. They are old. So you have to find all the lexicon and all of them. So it says, Jesus telling the people, when you pray, ask me to deliver you from the devil. Lift your hands and say, in the name of Jesus. Father, deliver me from the devil. So it's a prayer. It's a prayer. We will look at it tomorrow. And I've outlined the things that it took me through the Bible to see how the devil attacked the church. We will look at it. Amen. Who has one one? If apostle has not lifted the hands, I would have stood there. If you want one, you come and get it. You don't stand there. Then I wrote this book. This book. I live in London and I have a very large youth church. And we live in times where there are a lot of our young ones. They're questioning the faith. Yeah. You see, we went to Bible um, Sunday school from children. So by the time you grow up, you know everything. But our kids in the UK and the US and Europe, they don't do Sunday school in their schools. Because most of us, even our elementary school, they taught us the scriptures. But over there, they don't teach them anything. So the children grow and they don't know anything about Christ. And they think that their father's faith is something they have just picked up, inherited. So who is Jesus Christ? Who is he? And in this book, I answer the supremacy of Christ. And every student here must get one. Every student. If, if, if you are a student, because it answers all the questions about the fact that Jesus is supreme. I might talk about them if I have to. I, I, I speak on what I call social appeal. That most of the social programs in the whole world, the biggest Red Cross, they were orchestrated by Jesus. Red Cross, the Red Cross, every disaster anywhere in the world. So I tell them, if you want to know about Jesus, look at the Red Cross. That is Jesus. Can I get an amen? I talk about inventional and academic appeal. And in the book, you'll find out that most of those who invented things like Michael Faraday, Einstein, they were all Christians. It's in the book. And that's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Yeah. 
I talk about political appeal. And I say that if you take the G7 nations, almost all of them are Christian based. Germany is the greatest country in Europe. And the party that is reigning now, the name of the party is called Christian Democratic Party. Yeah. So that Jesus is everywhere. Look at your name and say, that Jesus is everywhere. He's everywhere. I did a dissertation on American Constitution. And in American Constitution, it was written by Christians. And they have put in, in God we trust. So I say, if you don't know about that Jesus I'm talking about, he's the one whose name is being put on the greatest nation on earth, United States, in God we trust. Can I get an amen? amen. I live in the Queen's country. And the Queen says he, she's the head of the Church of England. So even the queen wants some of Jesus. She's the head of the church of England. So this Jesus that we talk about is everywhere. I talk about, uh, I talk about ideological appeal. It's in the book. I talk about spiritual appeal. Now if you look at spiritual appeal, look at the seven religions. And you know that the Quran talks more about Jesus than it talks about Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that, because I went to an Islamic school. Yeah. I was educated in an Islamic school. So I speak the Arabic, Bismillah, Ramani, Rahim. He's a Muslim. His name is a Muslim name. Yeah. And you see, the Quran says that Jesus is coming to judge the world. Yeah. Every imam knows that Jesus is coming to judge the world. Every good Muslim knows that Jesus is coming to judge the world. So I tell them that if Jesus is coming to judge the world, then with my little knowledge in law, if you know the judge, and if the judge favors you, you are off. You are off your case. Can I get an amen? Because in law, we say that law is gray. It's gray. So which means that you can do all your arguments. The judge has to now decide where to go. May Jesus become your judge. Hallelujah. So the judge has to decide where to go. He can swing here or swing here. Everybody has got a good argument. So I tell my brothers, the Muslims, that look, if Jesus is going to be the judge to give us passage to heaven, somebody say heaven. heaven. One of these, uh, during this, I'll speak about heaven. Then it's better to know the judge personally. It's better to know the judge personally because he is going to be there to decide whether you are going to heaven or you are going to hell. And I thank God that I'm born again, saved, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. And everybody who is born again here, you are already on your way to heaven. Amen. Yeah. I, spiritual appeal. And most of the other religions, every one of them talk about Jesus. But Jesus doesn't talk about anybody. Can I get an amen? 
every religion talk about Jesus, but Jesus doesn't talk about anybody. He's the only religious leader who can say that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father but by me. Yeah. It's a very good book. Any student here? Where's pastor's daughter? Oh, she took care of us so well. All right. Any student? Are you a student? Are you sure? All right, come and get it. Another boy who is a student. But there's a young student here. Get it. A 17-year-old student. Somebody say amen. Now, these are all part of my preaching. That's how I preach, okay? So don't think I have not started. I have started. But for tonight, I want us to look at the text. Somebody say, let's look at the text. So open your Bible with me to the book of Ephesians. If you can put it on the screen and we're all going to read it and we're all going to look at what God has for us for tonight. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. Shall we read it? Ready, go. Everybody, ready, go. Amen. Now, these are the texts that I'm going to deal with for the next few um, minutes or few days or few sessions that I'll be uh, with you. And looking at the text, to me, is a very important text. I don't know why your bishop chose it. It's one of the best texts in the Bible, starting with Ephesians. As you can see, Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul. And he wrote it to the... Ephesians. And if you look at the Apostle Paul, he was somebody who was once not a Christian. Yeah. He was not a Christian and all of a sudden became a Christian. And he was given a mandate to bring the gospel to those who were not Jews. Can I get an amen? amen. It's because of the Apostle um, Paul, that is why we have the gospel. He was the Jew of all Jews. And the Jews always had the idea that the gospel was for them alone. Even when Jesus was here, he was limited by the same boundaries. Because when the woman, apostle, went to Jesus and said, Heal my dog. Jesus said that what is for the children, I don't give it to the dogs. In other words, at this time, my mission is to deal with the people of of, of God, who were the Jews. But when Paul was converted, then God gave him the mandate of bringing the gospel to those who are not Jews. People like you and me. Lift your hands and say, let's thank God 
for salvation that we have been partakers of. Hallelujah. So, if you go to verse 17, uh, verse 15, he says something for this reason. If you, you go, he says, for this reason. And, and, and you look at it and you ask, say, therefore, I also, after I heard of your fate, the other translation says, for this reason. Yeah. Now, what reason? You will only find the reason if you take me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, uh, chapter 1, verse, verse 1. Ephesians 1 1. Can you put it there quickly? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ. The word faithful in the Greek, the actual word is believers in Christ. Pistio, those who believe in Christ. So, which means that Paul was writing it to those who were not Jews. But has become born again. Now look at you and say, I believe. Now touch the other person and say, I believe. So this gospel was being written to us, the, the Gentiles who once were not born again. We didn't even love God. We didn't know God. And all of a sudden, we have now believed in Christ. And Paul began to talk about, if you, if you put it verse 3, let's look at verse 3. He says, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. And look at you and say, I'm part of this blessing. I love it. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, which means that a believer is not an ordinary person, but a believer is somebody who carries the blessings of God, not only one blessing, not two blessings, but every spiritual blessing both on earth and in heavenly places. So I'm here to announce to you that you are not an ordinary person, that you are a carrier of the blessings of God. Do I have a witness in the house that you are not a common person you are a career of every spiritual blessing in earth and on heaven that is why the bible says that you'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the field that is why the bible says you'll be blessed going out and you'll be blessed coming in that is why the bible says god will bless the fruits of your womb and the increase of your kind if you have children god is going to bless your children if you don't have children god is going to bless you with a husband and when you have children all your fruits are going to be higher. That is why the Bible says you be the head and not the tail. Uh, lift your hands and say, I'm the head and not the tail. That's why the Bible says you will be the lender and not the borrower. Uh, lift your hands and say, I will not borrow again. I will be the lender. Yeah, that's what it says. Now, some years ago, when I read this, I couldn't relate it to myself. I couldn't relate it to myself because I didn't have nothing. But today I can relate it to myself. And I'm here to prophesy on somebody that your beginning is not going to be the same as your end. Do I have a witness in the house? I say your beginning is not going to be the same as your end. A time is going to come, you are going to look at yourself, even your friends are going to look at you, and they are going to say, are you the same person? And you are going to tell them, I'm the same person, just that I have received the blessings and the favor of God. 
I look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about me. Now, hold the hands of your neighbor and say, neighbor, be my friend today. Because if you don't become my friend today, very soon, as Apostle Haruna said yesterday, you will need an appointment to see me. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessing. Now, you might not understand that, but you don't have to understand that. As long as you are a child of God, born again, worshiping God, look, it doesn't matter how long it takes, you experience the blessings of God. I say you experience the blessings of God. Once upon the time, I had nothing. In fact, when I decided to become a Christian, my father called me, a lawyer from Britain who has come to Ghana, and I said, I, I, I want to be a pastor. He called me and said, look here, a pastor? Ah. He said, you walk with one shoe. But those days, if you see a pastor, you know that this person is a struggler. Our white shirt becomes brown. Not by choice, but by design. So when I said to my, my father, I want to be a pastor, he said, you walk with one shoe. Today I have so many shoes, I don't even have places for them. I came to tell somebody that any negative prophecy against your life is canceled in the name of Jesus. I say it's canceled in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, just watch me. Just watch me. The blessings of God is coming over me. And I'm going to be a testimony to your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said, somebody shout hallelujah. So Paul then begin to tell them that, look, you have not just become Christians for nothing. There are blessings in it. Look at your neighbor and say, there's a blessing for what you are doing. Yeah. Stay in church. Serve God. Worship God. Bless him. Because, Apostle, I realize as the years go by, my brothers who were ahead of me, God has given me more favor than all of them. Yeah. David said, I have been young and old. I've seen everything. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And look at you and say, you will not be forsaken. So, Paul was writing to the Ephesians, to the Christians in Polokwane, that look, you have received Christ, who is the giver of blessings. Therefore, don't look at yourself as nothing. You are somebody. Give somebody a high five and say, you are somebody. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 9 and um, we now move. Making known to us the mystery of his will. Wow. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. Which he set forth in Christ Jesus. Do you know that it's not everybody who knows that there is heaven and hell? Do you know that it's not everybody who knows that the world is coming to an end? 
Do you know that it's not everybody who knows that there's going to be judgment? That's why the Bible says appointed unto man once to die and after death judgment. A lot of brainy people don't know it. But you know it. Yeah. Apostle Haruna, one of the reasons why I did law was that I like argument. I like argument. I, I like to brainstorm. And you see, Apostle couldn't read the, the titles. <laughs> I am like a church mouse. I got born again at 12 and I've stayed in the church throughout my life. Married a virgin. Has kissed only one girl in my life. That's my wife. That's after I was married. Look at your neighbor and say, what about you? What about you? You. Some of you, you have kissed so many mouths. <laughs> Somebody say, God have mercy. Some of you have kissed so many maps that you are not sure if even he, um, look at you and say, he's not talking about me. Maybe you. <laughs> Somebody say, mercy, Lord. So I'm a church mouse. And when I got born again, at the age of 15, I had a church. Yeah. And that church grew to become the third largest church in Ghana, Baptist church in Ghana. So I went to Bible school. I was the youngest um, student in the Bible school. So all my life has been Bible, 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 doing certificate, doing diploma, doing master's, doing degree. Oh, so I decided after some time that I need to study something else. Then my secretary was doing law. I said, I want to do law. He said, Bishop, you are too busy. You can't do law. I said, I want to do law. He said, okay, do it online. I said, no. I want to go and sit in front of law professors and argue with them. Argue with them. So that I know what is in their mind. Now, you realize that there are people who have doctorate in philosophy. But the simple question, when you die, where do you go? They can't answer. They can't answer. You go to school, ask your professor and tell them, prof, when you die, what happened? That's where their, their intelligence stops. They start to go into quantum physics and metaphysics and all of that. They are lost. But you and I have the mystery of Christ. I say you and I have the mystery of Christ. That there is hell, there is heaven. That a day is coming that God is going to judge the world. God has given it to us. Has given it to us. That's why the Bible says he took it from the wise and he has given it to the ordinary people. Now, I want you to know that the message of salvation that you have is a cherishable thing that even those who have minds, they cannot comprehend it. That is why Paul said, this is the mystery of his will. The mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. We just had a film called Heaven's Gate Hell Flame about what is going to happen at the end. Maybe Sunday I might talk about heaven. We don't hear about heaven. So people think that we just go to church just like that. But there's heaven and there's hell. Yeah. It's a mystery. What you can believe is a mystery. A lot of academics can't understand it. I sometimes 
I, I will stand there with my law professors and we'll be talking and um, uh, I ask them anything about God. They don't understand it. And I ask them that, look, even law is based on the Ten Commandments. I said, who taught us morality? Where did we get it from? From the Ten Commandments. Who taught us thou shall not kill? Why is that when you kill, it's a murder? Because the Bible says so. Can I get an amen? I said, can I get an amen? Yeah, because the Bible says so. Why is that when you steal, it's, it's a crime? Because the Bible says so. Thou shall not steal. I did a dissertation on the... The, the, the beginning of law, and you realize that they are from God's law. Look at your name and say, it's good you are a Christian. And those who are listening to me, if you are not a Christian, take the advantage of this um, convention and become born again so that you understand these mysteries. Yeah. The mystery, is a mystery. Look, we have not been saved. Like you who is a doctor, for instance, if God has not given you the grace with your mind, you will not be able to figure out God. Yeah. It's a grace. It's a grace. It's a grace. Lift your hand and say, thank God that I'm saved. Yeah. So this is where Paul is coming from. Then when you reach our text, verse 15, put it on verse 15, to 18, he began to talk about four deep things that I will be dealing with. The first he says, for this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards the saints, I'll be talking a little bit about what I call the tangibility of your faith. Yeah. The tangibility of your faith. I have heard of your faith. Then when you go to verse 16, say, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And I talk about the importance of prayer. Somebody said the importance of prayer. Yeah. The traveling prayer. Yeah. 15, he talks about the tangibility of their faith. 16, he's talking about the traveling prayer. Then verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I talk about the true spirituality. Yeah, the true spirituality. Then when you go to verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And I talk about heaven. I say I talk about heaven. The tangibility of heaven. Look, believers, we lead our life for this true riches and true inheritance. That is what God has given us. It's not about money. It's not about cars. The Bible says, if you gain the whole world, you can have cars. You can have a private jet. You can have a helicopter. There are a lot of pastors with private jets who are not going to heaven. Because in their mind, the true riches is the 
physical ones. But the true riches is of his glorious inheritance for the saints. And, and the greatest inheritance is heaven. Yeah. Heaven. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, are you going there? If the person is not sure, just lay hands on them and say, may you, may you go to heaven. May you become born again and, and, and give your life to Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. I said, somebody shout hallelujah. I said, somebody shout hallelujah. For the next few minutes, I want to talk about the tangibility of our faith. Somebody say the tangibility of our faith. He says in, in verse 15, For this reason I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, of your love towards all the saints. Church, we have to come to a point whereby our faith will be tangible. If somebody mention your name, what follows? If somebody mention your church, what follows? If your friends know you, what do they say about you? If you live in a house, how do they know you? If you go to church, do you go to church on a Sunday and when you are out outside, you put on another personality or that faith that you have is tangible that somebody can hear of it. Paul was very far and was writing to them that for this reason, I have heard of your faith. Now look at you and say, who has heard of your faith? We live in a time that people go to church, but they are not Christians. We live in a time that people go to church, but they are not following God. We live in a time that people go to church, but they don't know the true God. We live in a time that people go to church, but their lifestyle and people around them don't even know they are Christians. But Paul, because of the Ephesians, because of the good work of the people in Polokwane, Paul could say that, I have heard. Hey. Now look at you and say, what have they heard about you? Yeah. I talk about what I call, the first part of the tangibility of our faith is what I call personal testimony. Personally, you've got to know God for yourself. You've got to know God for yourself. You've got to be a Christian who has a faith history with your relationship with God. If somebody is going to say that I've heard of your faith, then you yourself must know the God whom you serve. Lift your hands and say in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that I serve you and I have a personal testimony. Can I get an amen, somebody? The tangibility of our faith. In the Bible, we have so many examples of people who serve the Lord. People who had personal testimony. If you open your Bible with me to the book of Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. In the book of Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, we have the story of three Hebrew boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. 
These were boys who were under slavery. These were boys who were not on their own. These were boys who have been carried from Polokwane, from God's tabernacle church, to another place. A place where their God was not worshipped there. But when these guys went to that place, the Bible says that a time came that the king decreed that everybody must serve a foreign God. The Bible says that these three Hebrew boys from Polokwane, God's tabernacle, they said, we don't know any other God than the God of Israel, the God who is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The king made a decree and they put these boys in fire. But before that, the king called them and says, boys, you have to change your mind because there is fire that you're going to be put in there. If you don't, their fathers were not there. Their mothers were not there. The Sunday school teachers were not there. Apostle was not there. Mama Louisa was not there. But these guys, they knew their God. And they said something. They said, uh, go to verse, verse, verse 16. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you of this matter. We don't have to answer you. If it comes to our God, he is a great God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now let's look at verse 18 and you say, If it be so, our God whom we serve, personally, look, look at him and say, The God that I serve, he will deliver me. The tangibility of your faith. Before your faith is known, you must have a personal experience. He said, our God whom we serve is able. Someone said, God is able. He is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hands. Now, let's go to verse 18. But they said something that I always like. Say, if not, let it be known to you. Now, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, my God will bless me. My God will deliver me. But if even he doesn't, I will still serve him. Somebody shout hallelujah. I call this the personal faith that is unshakable. That I know that my God will deliver me. But can understand, in case he doesn't, we will not serve him. Tangibility of your faith. Do you know God for yourself? Paul said, I've heard of your faith. What have you heard? What has people heard about you? What has people been saying about you? These were three Hebrew boys taken from their Sunday school, taken from their church, taken from their country in a foreign land where they were forced to serve other gods. And they said, our God will be able to deliver us. If somebody is going to hear of your faith, you need a personal testimony. Lift your hands and say, God, give me a personal testimony. Open your Bible with me to the book of Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. 
In the book of Numbers chapter 13 verse 30, we have the story of Caleb. Caleb was also another person who personally knew God. And the Bible says when Moses sent them to go and spy the land, everybody came and gave a bad report. But Caleb quietened the people before Moses and said, let's go up at once and occupy for we are well able to overcome it. I came to prophesy on somebody that you are well able. Oh, I didn't get the name. I say you are well able. I say you are well able. Yeah. Personal faith. We are well able. I am well able. Give somebody a high five. I say I'm well able. Yeah. Paul could say that I've heard of your faith. But before somebody hear of your faith, you yourself, you need a personal testimony. Time will not permit me to talk about Esther. In the book of Esther, the Bible says that it came to a time that the people decided that they're going to kill all the Jews. And Esther's uncle came to Esther and said, Esther, go and speak to the king for us. And Esther said, if you go before the king unannounced, then it is death. But I will try. If I perish, I perish. I know that my God is able to deliver me from the hands of the king. So I will try. And he said, pray and fast for me. I will also pray and fast. Personal testimony. Personal testimony. Tangibility of your faith. Is your faith so strong that in times of crisis, you are able to speak as somebody who knows God? There's a commotion in your family. There is something in your family. And you stand up as a young girl and as a young boy. And you say, mommy, daddy, we are not going to any fetish priest. We are not going to anybody. But I believe in the God that I have been taught from. Polokwani, God's Tabernacle Church. And I know that my God is a prayer answering God. Let's put it to God in prayer. And let God answer. Tangibility of our faith. Time will not permit me to talk about David, in First Samuel chapter 17 going, the Bible says that it came to a time that the whole tribe of Israel were faced with a Philistine called Goliath. And the Bible says that Goliath said, choose one among you to come and fight me. We don't have to all fight and kill each other. But choose somebody. And that person, if he is able to defeat me, then every nation, the whole nation is defeated. And the Bible says everybody was afraid. The priests were afraid. The Levites were afraid. But David came from the back and started asking questions. What will the king give to the person who killed this fool? And they said, if you're able to kill him, then we're going to give you half of the king's riches. That is good. May you receive more than half. As you apply your faith, may you receive more than half. And the Bible says that when Goliath faced David, Goliath looked at David and said, look, you think I'm a dog? It's not children fight. You are coming, I have a shield. The Bible described Goliath's shield as so big that people have to carry it for him. So you are standing in front of somebody whose shield is carried by people. 
so that when you throw the spear, it's people that brings it to guide him. And he's got a sword. And he's got a javelin. And you have this sling. And you are doing like this. Goliath was laughing at David. Now, I came to tell somebody, those who are laughing at you today, they will not laugh at you tomorrow. Those who are ridiculing you today, they will not ridicule you tomorrow. The glory of God, the power of God, the blessings of God is going to hit you, chase you, and overtake you. That your enemies will come and know that you serve a risen God. Yeah. David stood and said, you come against me with a spear and a shield and a javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord God. The God of the army of hosts. What a personal testimony. If you face trouble, are you able to say to God, you are my God. And so I had the same David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. And he leadeth me beside still waters. And understand that everything that David is saying, he said, the Lord is my. The tangibility of your faith. And that is what Paul is talking about. I've heard of your faith. And time will not permit me to go back. But you see in the book uh, in, in Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, after the king have seen that they were not bent, he came out with a decree. And that's what I call the external evidence of your faith. If you can open your Bible with me to the book of Daniel chapter 3, verse 28 to 30. Daniel chapter 3, verse 28 to 30. After the king have seen that these boys, they mean business. They serve their God. Look at what the king said. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I pray that a time is going to come that people are going to lift the name of your God. People are going to say that your God is a good God. This is the same king who wanted them then. But because of their personal faith, he said, look, blessed be their God who has sent his angels and delivered his servant who has trusted in him. Look at the universe, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Hallelujah. Who have trusted in him and has set aside the king's command and has yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their God. They were not Indian. Except their God. Personal faith brings about universal approval. And he said something. Go to the next verse. Therefore, I make a decree. I love that. May people change their mind concerning your life. Only those who said amen. I said, may people change their mind concerning your life. If the person sitting by you shouted amen loud, that people will change their mind concerning them more than you. 
They change their mind. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, any nation, any language that speaks anything against the God of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their house laid in waste for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. I came to tell somebody that we serve a God whose name is Jehovah Jireh. He provides for us whose name is the Lord Sabaoth. He fights for us. Yeah. Your personal faith, the tangibility of your personal faith leads to other people to make a decree. I pray that people everywhere will hear about your faith. My father who cursed me, he said, I'll walk with one shoe. Because I have so many shoes. I was doing a program in Ghana last month and I carried a lot of shoes. Because when I see the shoes, it means that bad prophecy didn't come to pass. Lift your hands and say, that bad prophecy will never come to pass. I carried, I carried a lot of shoes and I said, look, I wear size 16. No, not size 16. I wear size 12. So if you are here and you wear size 12, come and get my shoes. So there are a few people who wear size 12. If you wear size 12 and you are here, when we close, I'll give you my shoes. And my shoes are not that cheap too. I have so many. I have so many. That my father one day was sitting down with his friends, drinking, because this boy, he's following God. Uh, my first brother was a civil engineer, the second one, mechanical engineer. He said he's going to church and whatever, so he's forgotten about me. He was sitting down, watching the telly, watching the telly. And those days, we had only one channel in Ghana, so you don't have any choice. You have to watch that one. It's not like today, you can watch it everywhere. He was watching, all of a sudden, he sees somebody well-dressed in a suit, and he's preaching. Then he called my stepmom. He said, is that my son? Then my stepmom said, now he's your son. <laughs> I pray that they will change their mind concerning your life. Oh, I didn't get a name, and I said, I pray they will change their mind concerning your life. Somebody shout out, they said it. He said, now he see your son. So yeah, he's my son. Then he told his friend, look, this is my son. The one I've been talking about. And then my stepmom was laughing. That now he's your son. I pray that those who spoke against you will change their mind. I said they will change their mind. Hallelujah. The same king who said, put them in, in the fire. He said, I changed my mind. Now, if you can leave your seat and go and tell three people, people are going to change their mind concerning you. Now, as I leave your seat, go and find three people and say, they are going to change their mind concerning your life. Or tell them they'll change their mind. Don't worry. Or tell them they'll change their mind concerning your life. Say they will change their mind concerning your life. Say they will change their mind concerning your life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now just stand with me. Let me give one more verse and we could oh, open your Bible. Open, give me on Daniel chapter 6 verse 26 to 28. Everybody stand on your feet. We are reading this together. We are reading it together and we are closing soon. 
Daniel 6, verse 26 to 28. Somebody who knew his God. The tangibility of your faith. Daniel was put in the lion's den. They have stabbed the lions for ages. And they couldn't wait to get something to eat. And the Bible said they threw Daniel into the lion's den. The king could not sleep that night. For Daniel was his friend. But he's been bound by his own decree. So he has to follow suit. And the Bible says when they put Daniel in. The next day when the king went. He saw that Daniel was playing with the lions. You play with every danger that they bring around you. I say you play with every danger that they bring around you. Somebody shout, I receive it. I receive it. Go back to verse 20, 25. Verse 25. Let's read it. The king Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and languages that dwell on all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. Go to verse 26. I make a decree. I prophesy that those who don't like you because of your faith, they will make a decree. Say, so I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, people who people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. Enduring forever, his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and all his dominion shall be to the end. Somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I say, somebody make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Somebody scream unto the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Today I wanted to teach on the tangibility of your faith. You must have a personal faith. You must be somebody that they can see, hear that I hear of your faith. Your family will say we hear of your faith. We hear you go to God's tabernacle. We thought you were joking. But now we know that there is a God in God's tabernacle. We hear of your faith. The tangibility of your faith. And that is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. Tomorrow we will look at the next, the traveling prayer. I will look at it during the day. That's where I'll use the book. Deliver us from the evil one. But we have to be Christians who have a personal testimony. That if they say that nobody should go to church, they close down all church. The church is not the building. The church is in your heart. Yeah. The church is in your heart. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your word. Anybody here whose faith is shaking, we pray that you bless them. Put your hands down. In case you are here, you don't know Christ, put your hands down. This is the faith we're talking about. Personal faith. I received Christ at the age of 12 and he has not done me any wrong. I want to give you the same opportunity. If you are here and you don't know this God, all heads bow, all eyes closed, and you say, Bishop, I want you today have this kind of faith. Lift your hands wherever you are and I'll pray with you. Anybody? 
Anybody? You want to give your life to Christ? Anybody? Anybody? You say, Bishop, I want to give my life to Christ. There are people here who must do that. Anybody? You want to give your life to Christ? Lift your hands wherever you are. Lift that hand high. You want to give your life to Christ. Anybody? Anybody here? You want this personal faith in Christ? Lift your hands. Wave it to me wherever you are. You want to give your life to this Jesus? Are we all saved and sanctified? Oh, come. Come and shake my hands if you lifted your hands. Come and shake my hands if you lifted your hands. God bless you. Come and shake my hand quickly. Quickly. If even you are one person, come. 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 I'm waiting for you. Come and shake my hands. Come and shake my hands. Come and shake my hands. If even you are one person. Oh, put your hands together for him. God bless you. There's another person. Come and shake my another person. Just stand here with me. Another person lifted their hands here. Yeah. Come and shake my hands. Come and shake my hands. Anybody there? Yeah. If there's one soul, there's one soul. Heaven rejoices. Come on, put your hands together. God bless you. 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 I'm waiting for you. I don't have much time. I'm waiting for you. Anybody else? Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I have sinned. And as a result, I'm cut off from you. I want to turn from all my sins and to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayers. Thank you for joining us during this episode. Join us next time, even as we continue to learn and grow with Apostle David Muluzi. Also, visit our website for more at cfcpolokwane.com. God richly bless you.